Live from the Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. Three o'clock hour is here. Yeah, we're at Nova Home Loans. We're going to talk to uh, John from Nova Home Loans in about 45 minutes. A lot of local real estate stuff, uh, including the uh, the parking, the commercial real estate down around the Al. Uh, very exciting, very exciting. If you're looking to watch Game 5, the spot is any of the Boyd Gaming properties around Las Vegas. Lotus Broadcasting's uh, VGK playoff home is Boyd Gaming. And today, Ryan the Hockey Guy, Ryan Wallace from Fox 1340 and 98.9 FM will be doing his uh, insider show and then pre and post and intermissions live at the cannery. Victories, bar and grill. Great spot. Uh, two bucks on the beer uh, during happy hour. Uh, that's a four to six happy hour. Dollar hot dogs, lots of other specials. Build your own burger. So get out there. Victories bar and grill. RTHD, Ryan the Hockey Guy hanging out. You guys can watch at the cannery. Go hang out with them for game five. It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. My God, I do not get the NBA sometimes. I feel like uh, Silver, of all the guys, all the commissioners, is pretty progressive. Um, you know, I mostly like that they've taken the lead on the sports gambling thing. But this league, with what they consider tampering, gets a bit out of control, which is funny, especially when pitted against what we just saw in tennessee where aj brown was doing multiple videos begging julio jones to come to town when he was still in atlanta falcon which is so weird the nba is a complete opposite and well i also think daryl morey's in the crosshairs so they're going to stick it to daryl morey any chance they can get because he went all uh you know questioned china and the nba got a rash of crap from china and lost millions if not billions so they got daryl morey for a tweet for seventy five thousand dollars. what could this tweet have said uh, it, it, was, it was two words. It was Steph Curry had tweeted about his brother, Seth, um, and, you know, was just saying things on Twitter. And Daryl Morey from the Sixers uh, basically just said, join him. Right. It was a picture of, uh, of Seth, and it said, join him. Yeah, two words. Join him. Not even words. Join him. Half. Join A mm. word and a half. Yeah. $75,000? I mean... By the spirit of the rule, yeah, it's it, like it doesn't matter how much, like it's not per word or like how in depth the tampering is, it is tampering. So if it's more words and it's anti-Semitic, like Myers Leonard, you get fifty thousand. I mean, the, now the, before anyone starts going and looking in the NBA rules, the the max they can, in this case, I don't know how it pertains to what happened to Kobe in the past and others, but in this case, the max because it was a first offense. The max they could get Myers Leonard for with his anti-Semitic remarks was uh, 50K. So Daryl Morey, two words, join him, 75,000. Weird. It's weird, but it, like, it is technically a violation. I mean, it, that, that is... If you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> well, how, that would, how many how many would that have been? 125,000? Right, is it four words? So it's 37, <laughs> five a word? Yeah, something, something like that. Uh, yeah, but th- that's clearly... Like, I think he's... I think he's joking. Like, I, I don't think he's actually making a pitch to go get Steph Curry with that tweet. But it also is tough to, like, say, well, this is a gray area. Like, you can't be silly. You can't joke around. I, I don't know. It's tough to manage. It's one of the – while I think the rules are in place for good reasons, the tampering rules of, hey, guys are under contract. You can't mess around with those contracts. You can't interrupt. 
talking about the NBA and the Suns last night. Uh, real interesting, away from the playoffs, off the floor, you're now going to get a lot of, well, one, complaints. We saw a story talking about Porzingod feeling like he's kind of the, the side act. Like, you are when you play like that. <laughs> right. Like, it's, you can, he, Luca can't score every point. So you can you can have games where you grab more than four rebounds at seven foot nine. Okay, so he's he's not happy. We think CJ McCollum could be on the move to get Dame Lillard some help. Uh, now that Danny Ainge is out, will Brad Stevens be the guy who starts moving things around for the Celtics? I got to tell you, I found a guy just a rando who did the uh, trade machine. <laughs> right, which it's actually kind of cool because you got to match up all the salaries, and the NBA is incredibly complicated oof trade machine season is this on one's again. aggressive though this is the blazers doing like a complete overhaul Are you ready okay ready for this trade four-way deal the knicks get kemba walker this must be with a celtics fan uh celtics get dame lillard and there are rumors out there hey if lillard's available you know look for the celtics to be super active they get lillard uh nerland's noel good defensive player and a second the blazers who are losing Dame Lillard. And by the way, the Mavs get CJ McCollum. So the whole backcourt's gone. Okay. Someone from the Blazers, apparently not involved in this four-way deal. Marcus Smart to the Blazers, Porzingod, Robert Williams, Langford, Green, and three number ones. <laughs> well, I mean, once you got to the three number ones, like, okay, now we're, now we've got a little bit more to it. I uh, mean, the, now you're the, just the, completely starting over. The way this works, Knicks plus two wins. Celtics only get one more win. Mavs get one more win. The Blazers go down five wins. Right, but the Blazers in this scenario are clearly playing to the future. Yes. You get three ones. You take a step back next yes. year uh, to go forward, and but then you get three ones for whoever the new coach is. Kemba to New York for the Knicks, and Lillard to the Celtics, and McCollum goes to the Mavs to give some assistance to Luka. It's a weird trade. I mean, it seems like it seems implausible. I mean, anytime three-team trades are hard enough. Uh, usually it's a two-team trade that a third team just like, okay, well, you know, we'll just be the intermediary to kind of, you know, be the go-between to make sure this all bounces out, but they don't really give up a whole lot. Like, this is this is a lot of negotiating to do and a lot of teams making a decision to kind of, you know, go in a completely different direction with their roster. Uh, so, yes, it's fun to do these and, and fun to check out. Uh, really fun to just see, like, what would be possible with certain players available, but this one – may not make a whole lot of sense unless Portland has said, hey, this is not going to work. Like, this construction with Lillard as good as he is and McCollum, we got to blow this thing up and just completely start over, uh, and that's what the new coach wants to do. Okay, fine, I guess you start looking at that, but that seems crazy. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Marcia's so buzzing in front. Marcia's hat trick. Golden Knights take a three goal lead. Smith set it up across the crease. Marcia's delivers a playoff hat trick. And the Golden Knights on top of the abs. Four to one in game four. It's time for VGK ringside reporter Stormy Bonantoni on Cofield and Company. Marshy, Marshy, Marshy. 
Yeah, I love the Brady Bunch. Uh, by the way, we will have a story about Jan in 33 minutes. Jan from the Brady Bunch? Yes. Who else would it be? Marsha, 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 Jan. Well, I mean, I, I think the show, what the show's on in like the 70s, it's surprising that she's still making news. Mm-hmm. Definitely making news. Okay. Coming up later in the hour. Stormy Bonatoni is on the road in Denver. Marshy with the call there, uh, courtesy of Dan Duva with the hat trick. Stormy! That was a really good, like, hockey-based Jan impression. I'm about it, Steve. Way to go. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, I got an important question for you. Uh, I hat trick. an important answer. I, I hope you do. Uh, hat trick. Hats are chucked all over the ice. They have a bin. They wheel it out. Uh, normally, that would go to charity, uh, but because everyone refuses to get vaccinated, we don't have to have commentary on that. Um, I don't know if they can do that. Do you have any clue? Do you like? Do you get some of the hats? Like, what happens to all those hats? Well, I, I, I'm, I got pelted by enough of them that I think I deserve some for the bumps and bruises yeah. after how many hats <laughs> ended up hitting me in the head. Um, but I'm pretty sure that that is still what they do. I know that they take like the bag of them back, and the players get like the player that scored the hat trick gets the opportunity to like go through them if they want but i am pretty sure that they're sanitized and end up going out to local charities i think oh, that good. that is still what they do. I, i'm kind of thrilled with the fact that the marcia show actually gets to look like this he just picks <laughs> out like like that would be my dream i'm such a cheap ass i'd be like yeah i'll take this one out i'll take the rest i, I want you know 1014 hats <laughs> well i mean i know different teams do different things like in philly don't they have like on their concourse they have like this area that's just filled with a bunch of hat trick hats or like a player can they have the option to take one or two if they want they get to sift through them um sometimes i think they even do like a lost and found at some arenas that if you have your name on the hat and you provide a description of it you're allowed to sift through and see if you can find your hat like there's a bunch there's a bunch of stuff every every team does it different you mentioned uh you getting hit with some of the hats i saw you had a little pile uh, I saw you took a picture of it on Instagram. Now, did you get your pick of those hats? Oh, no. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think I deserved one after what I went yeah. through. But yeah. it was pretty funny just how many. I feel bad. Like, I was like, rest in peace, the hats that didn't make it. And <laughs> some people were asking me why I didn't just throw them over. And I said, well, they're going to come, like, right back here. <laughs> this is where right. I'm in one of the areas where all of the, the ice people take their buckets and um, that, that's where they're going through are the Zavoms anyway, so they'd be immediately taken back off, so I might as well just hand them over. Yeah, it's obnoxious to just give them extra work when you're when you're right there. I mean, I get the fun of it, but uh, Someone suggested that I give uh, that I give them to Robin Leonard because he's been, he keeps on throwing his out, so he needs some. Uh, that is one of my favorite parts of the hat tricks. I'm, I'm loving Robin Leonard being involved in all that. Uh, for sure. Uh, a very important question about your social media. Many of them we always have, but you are getting some great like slow-mo videos of goals. How, how much do you have to shoot? Like you're not just picking the right times, are you? Thank you so much. I've really been working at this. Um, no, I'm not just picking the right times. I like I've been multitasking. So I'm only on our offensive. I only stay on the. I stay in the same position rather. Whereas like our videographers and photographers usually go on the offensive side. Um, so I'm just kind of there and I camp out. And when I think something. Is if somebody's busting through the neutral zone, then I've got my phone at the ready, and I always have it on the slow-mo one. And the cool thing about it is, you know, an iPhone, you can adjust the slow-mo to when it happens. And so I've just been having a blast with that, and I'll pass them along to 
our social media folks, if like somebody's getting a horizontal video, then I'm like, oh, I have a vertical one if you want to use it for Instagram. I'm just trying to help out the team. We're not broadcasting the games on AT&T anymore, so I want to feel useful. There you go. Uh, last one before we actually talk about some hockey. Uh, you lived one of my nightmares, I think, in that you were getting coffee at a local place this week, and they obviously know who you are because they wrote the Go Knights Go on your cup. Like When you get recognized like that, how how uncomfortable and awkward are you? So I'm always awkward regardless <laughs> of whether it's meeting strangers or friends. That's just who I am as a person. Fair. Um, but that Starbucks is actually super funny. They're they're so nice. And the first time I moved out to the Mountain's Edge area and pulled up there, the first time I went through the drive-through, the one of the girls there recognized me. And now we just like talk in through the window every time. She always knows it's me, and she's really really sweet. And now a bunch of them know it's me. So I, I got the go nice go on my cuff, and I just it made my day. Like those were the vibes that I needed ahead of an important home game and um yeah they're they're awesome but to answer your question distinctly i'm always awkward yeah i would be switching starbucks by the way i i thought about no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) that's great uh so what on earth has happened since game one with the golden knights they look like a totally different team out there they do and you know it's it's interesting because I think about like from my perspective going into game one and really, really being hopeful that the emotions of a game seven were going to carry over and that maybe the VGK could try to jump on the abs as much as possible in the first period. And obviously that's, that's not what happened. The physicality and emotions took a toll versus being something that they were able to carry over from a momentum standpoint on a very, very well-rested Colorado team. So for me, obviously, the win still counts for the abs. It's still been an uphill battle for the Golden Knights ever since. But I almost throw that game out in terms of the type of game that was played because, like you said, the Golden Knights really have been a different team. From that second period of Game 2 on, they have been the better team. And you could almost look at it as saying, well, I mean, there's a really good chance that the Golden Knights could have been up 3-0, I mean, 3-1 right now. And obviously they're not. It's a tied series, and it's a best of three now all of a sudden. But it's much, much, much more competitive than that game one, where I think it was really just a rest issue. The Golden Knights did not have their legs at, at all. Um, but now they should feel really good about the way their game is trending, especially now coming back into this environment. And um, I know that they didn't have the capacity crowd that the Golden Knights have had, but it's been a really loud building. And the Avs are really, really good at home. They had the best home record in the regular season. I want to say when we were looking through um, their recent games, it's 20-0-1 at Ball Arena in their last 21 games. They're really good here, so it'll be a tough test. Yeah, that is that is correct. Twenty zero and one. Now, do you know who the one overtime loss was to? Um, your Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so the Knights have shown you know the proclivity to play right. well there. They won there. Uh, they have to have that confidence. But I, I will say, to the point of the Avalanche being good at home, like they were basically after Game Four, it was like, well, yeah, we lost two games here, but nobody beats us at home. We're going home. Like, do you feel that's dangerous to be like? Hey, you know what? Home, home will save us. We'll be fine. Yeah, and see, that's not totally the vibe I have. I feel like they have a level of confidence being here. It's not like, oh, at home we'll be fine. It's just that they they need to find something right now. And if that's something that the Avs 
feel like gives them confidence and that they want to build on. Like I, I get why that's that's the way that they might be going. I don't think it's from like a cockiness standpoint. I think it's more of our game's not going right now. So this is something we know can help rev our engines a bit and help us get off to a good start. Like that's kind of the way that I look at that. Do you see that? Yeah, I, I get that for sure. And I mean, you you need to find some sort of confidence because, as you said, the Golden Knights have been the better team by far. I would say over the last uh, eight periods in general. Uh, I also, I mean, listen, you 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 mentioned it. The Golden Knights were better in Game Two. They could have won that game. They could be up three one right now. Uh, but the Avalanche were leading late in Game Three, even though the Knights were the far better team that game. It could be three one the other way. Like, what yeah. was that experience like for you being in in T Mobile Arena? How crazy it was when the Knights faced going down three nothing. All of a sudden, you know, minutes later, they're up and they're down two one and back in the series. And leave it to playoff Marchy, right, to get that going once again. He did it in Minnesota. Now he's doing it against the Avs. And um, for me, I was on that end when Jonathan Marsh just so scored the game tying goal, um, and it was a bank shot off the back of Grubauer, and you could see on his face he didn't even believe it. And it was a really, really special moment, got the crowd going, and then obviously the Golden Knights, you know, 45 seconds later are able to turn the tides and end up winning regulation. And and that's, you know, that's one of the instances where I feel like the Golden Knights deserve to win and did. And there have been so many times against Colorado, whether it was the, the game that they came out with 15 skaters or in game two where they did everything right probably should have won but didn't and that's just the way that hockey goes sometimes and they were able to get the bounces in their favor at a good time to get momentum on their side get confidence in their home building and it's it's obviously carried over because then you have a 5-1 win in game four where you're seeing the golden knights do all of the little things and be rewarded for it so um you know i you're you're right it could be a 3-1 series either way at this point um but fortunately it's a best of three now. Um, I remember Darren Millard, one of our broadcasters, was so upset with me after um, we went down, after the Golden Knights went down 0-2, because I was like, okay, now you got to win. you got to win 4 or 5. And he's like, I hate looking at it that way. That's not the way that you should look at it. But that, that is the reality of the situation. So now you have a best of three. Right now it's been the home-and-home home situation. You have to get a win in Colorado to win this series. Is it tonight? So you're saying Darren hates math? <laughs> no, he just hates me when I bring up math. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, you talked about playoff Marchie. The the impact that Max Pacioretty has had since he has returned has been unbelievable. Uh, can You can just feel like the difference in the team and the confidence they have on offense. No question, because you've got you've got a trigger man now, right? For uh, how how many games were you seeing in the media? Do the Golden Knights have a finishing problem? Do, why can't the Golden Knights score come playoff time? And then Max Pacioretty brings that extra burst, and not only is he like the guy that's not afraid to take the shot and has a dagger of a shot that it's <laughs> always hard to the net every time that guy shoots the puck, but. You also have somebody that allows the rest of your line to make more sense and that you have Alex Tuck being that third-line mismatch. And, you you know, you're able to do more when you have that player in the lineup. And Pete DeVore even said, Game 7 against Minnesota, yes, he does obviously come up with a huge goal, um, but he wasn't fully back to patch yet. And now we're seeing Max Pacioretty be Max Pacioretty, which is, 
an incredible shooter, a guy who allows your lineup to get back to normal, and another leader that you have in that room. So critical, I think, that he's been back in the fold. And, you know, who knows what the lineup is going to be tonight. We saw Matias Yanmark at Morning Skate earlier today. Um, and so now you have another guy who's been finding offense in the postseason that if he is able to play today, then your line might look even better and more offensive. There you go. Well, I will not ask you for a prediction because I think I already know. I will just ask you, who's the key tonight? Who's the star of the game? Who takes the, the Golden Knights to victory? Oh, my gosh. I'm, I, I think maybe I'm going to go Riley Smith because mm. he's had some of these just like far post, far down, not in, whatever. Like it, But his line has been the, the deciding factor in a lot of these games. So I want Riley Smith to kind of not just be the assist guy, but to get rewarded for some of his hard work. Stormy, you're awesome. Have fun tonight. We'll talk to you. You're awesome. Thank you, guys. I'm about to go get on my line scooter and head to Ball Arena. Have some fun. Nice. <laughs> nice. Stormy Bonatoni covering the Golden Knights all year long and nice enough to join us at least once a week here on Cofield and Company. All right. Now's the moment. Your chance to win. Guns and Roses. At the Al, it's coming up August 27th, first rock concert at our new stadium. Little trivia here, 364-1100 is the number. First caller with the correct answer, 364-1100. You know, last time the Montreal Canadiens reached the Stanley Cup Finals was 1993. They're in the Final Four this year, 1993. Easy question. And you're the winner of the Guns N' Roses tickets. Who was the Canadiens head coach that season? Who was the Canadiens head coach that season, 92-93 season, last time Montreal Reach the Stanley Cup Finals, 364-1100, The concert is August 27th. That's a Friday. Tickets go on sale this Saturday at 10 a.m. That's June 12th at 10 a.m. You can go up to Ticketmaster.com. It's all part of Guns N' Roses. We're effing back tour. Uh, it's going on across the United States. Of course, Axel and Slash will be there. Again, tickets go on sale for this big Las Vegas show, the first rock show in our brand-new stadium on June the 12th, 10 a.m. is when you can buy tickets. Guns and Roses, courtesy of ESPN Las Vegas, right here on Cofield and Company. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. I'm trying to get Logan Paul to fight Bodu Jack. Who? Bodu Jack. Bodu, oh, Bodu, oh, Bodu Jack. Jack. I want to see what he say about that fight. If he's for Floyd, he'll definitely fight Bodu Jack. Now, that's a whole different fight now. You fight that guy, Bodu going to give you a fight. And this guy's going to most likely come at him. It's going to be an interesting night. From the fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios, Cofield and Company is back. Yeah, Mike Tyson talking about Logan Paul and Badu Jack. Come on. Let's stop here, please. He's not he can't fight real fighters that actually have something to gain. Please recognize what you saw if you did say it. In the Floyd Mayweather fight against Logan Paul, he carried him literally at times. Of course. Yeah. He's setting up future fights, more exhibitions, even though he said he's probably not doing exhibitions again. If the check cashes to the tune of what it you know, we're hearing tens of millions of dollars. Floyd will be in the ring with Jake Paul and they will, you know, they will sell the fact that, hey, you couldn't do anything against his brother Logan and Jake's better. This is a risk. So, and I don't, 
I, you know what? I have no idea what Logan Paul's going to do. So I've seen mentions of him fighting MMA. It's this whole thing is please crazy, bring him but they're the making UFC. money. So good for them. If there's enough suckers out there. I mean, he got, he made 190. Could he make 185? Maybe. Can we see <laughs> Logan Paul against Israel Adesanya? That'd no. be fun. No. Uh, Dana White was doing an interview uh, internationally, and this young lady was asking about this Floyd Logan Paul fight. Everything got kind of screwy here, and uh, UFC boss Dana White, hometown hero, uh, gave his take on uh, potentially getting into that business with celebrity fights. Does it kind of make you like want to start something or, or get a venture going when you kind of see these kind of Wait like a boxing? When I see what kind of fights, does it make me want to get going? That was a boxing match like i said before man there, there's always going to be a market for, for for that kind of stuff there's always going to be people that are willing to put down 50 bucks to watch that kind of stuff that just that's not even so far away from what i imagine if kim kardashian wanted to fight amanda nunes how far how big do you think that fight would be huge it'd be the biggest yeah. give me a break it's a little different when what if CM Punk fighting again? But but I guess I I get his point. Wait, why are you mentioning CM Punk? Yeah, what's he fighting the UFC? Again? He was a legit fighter with okay. a real mixed martial arts background. When's James Tony fighting again? Well, I mean, at least James Tony was a professional boxer right. with, with a great record and world titles. You know, in his earlier days, the CM Punk thing was a joke. Which it is interesting that you bring that up all the time when Dana White says we're not in that kind of business. Yeah, because that was possibly. I don't know. Is it was it has there been a bigger joke in modern history that they've tried where they allowed someone to fight who just did not belong? I don't think so. Because Tony, yeah, he did get destroyed because he couldn't wrestle and he got, you know, low singled by Kotor, but Brock Lesnar certainly had enough of a wrestling background. Sure. Kimbo Slice, you know, he had a street fighting background and he could he could throw hands at least. There's I mean, never been a bigger joke than CM Punk. No. No, there there hasn't. Would you argue that uh, Jake Paul certainly is more deserving of a UFC fight than CM Punk. Maybe not Logan. Have you seen enough from Jake Paul? I mean, he, no. did, he did beat an MMA fighter in boxing. Like, I, right? I, but what? But you could listen. I think both of these guys are clowns. But you could actually say, in the case of Jake Paul, he's shown enough that he has more of a resume than CM Punk. Yeah, well, yes. CM Punk couldn't you, wasn't you good more. at anything. You have more of a resume than CM Punk. I don't, I don't know if I do, but I, I do know this: that CM Punk appeared to me to be a complete non-athlete. Well, he did. Uh, into to, like I may, I would actually, I think I would feel comfortable if you gave me ten sports, maybe not fighting, just like basic athleticism to go against CM Punk. I think I would do okay. And that guy had a UFC fight. And to Phil Brooks' credit, uh, I let's go shoot a, a three-ball bowl, play some ping pong, you know, field some ground balls catch a football out of a jug's gun. I'm not sure that CM Punk could beat 51-year-old fat-ass me. Probably true. Could Jake Paul? Probably. He's yeah. 30 years my junior. Although we don't know if he's an athlete at all. You know what? He's athletic enough to be able to throw a freaking right hand that looks decent. Sure. And again, I'm not standing up for these guys, but you brought up CM Punk, so now you got me going. No, Phil Brooks. Uh, that's that's CM his Brooks, real wrestling yeah. character. Um, so, yeah, he at least went to a gym and like embedded himself for a long time. Now he didn't really learn anything. It didn't appear, uh, but like when you looked at him in you know sparring and in the gym, like he 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 knew what he was doing. Uh, he didn't belong in a UFC fight, but you need. I think you need to take fights to earn your way into the UFC, and that's what I would like to see. Yeah, give me 
give me him give me jake paul on like a you know legacy fighting championship card or like something like that you know and, yeah. and see if he can work his way up and going back to cm punk i'm not sure in the heyday when they had some pretty good fighters in the amateur ranks uh here in town that cm punk could win a fight in the amateur on, a tough in, enough card? Uh, on the tough enough cards Probably that not. i saw i mean it would have to be someone really bad Probably not, but I don't think Jake Paul could either. So the point is, he doesn't belong at a high level, but CM Punk didn't either. So Phil right. Brooks didn't either. So they've done it before, and you know, he, I, he, Dana's not going to say I learned my lesson. That was a freaking s show. No, but I mean, he, you know, he has at least addressed it at times and said, like, you know, that was. He hasn't. I think he stopped short of calling it a mistake. Yeah. But he's like, you know, you learn lessons in the business, and he's okay. Well, that's probably that probably wasn't the right way to go, and. If you remember, you know, if people think back to that, it's not like they put him in there against an actual fighter. He fought a media member, which is even crazier. Yeah. Like, you know, it's 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 a weird, a weird deal. Yeah. <laughs> Dana's got some issues right now. We'll get into the pay issues a little later. The Paul, I think that's the worst thing. The Paul brothers are doing for him is that if they are making the money they're saying they're making, he's got legitimate fighters who are like, wait, what's I, like, I don't understand our economic model and how that's the fight game. And Logan Paul could be making tens of millions of dollars. Why am I just getting to a point where I'm making millions? And most of it is through discretionary bonus. He's got some real issues to uh, talk through there. Although right now he doesn't seem very interested in talking about any of them. He just keeps saying, you know, do what you want, fight out your contract and freaking leave. Have something to say? Tweet at Steve Goldfield or call 702-364-1100 now. It's time to Trust Us. Presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call him today at 577-2600. So we got a winner in our Guns N' Roses ticket giveaway. First rock concert at Allegiant. Tickets on sale on Saturday, June 12th, 10 a.m. Andrew was the winner. He knew that Jacques Demare was the correct answer to the trivia question. John's in with us from Nova Home Loans. We were just talking about the Golden Knights series against the Avs during the break, and uh, you and Adam were going back and forth on the high level of hockey. Yeah, honestly, if anybody's not excited about watching these playoff games, they're crazy because all they have to do is turn on Winnipeg and Montreal for a minute and realize how good of hockey we're playing right now. I am so fascinated. I don't want to put the cart before the horse uh, and not have the Knights get to the series against Montreal, but I am so fascinated by Canadian hockey and the failures over the years. I, I can't even believe when I read the numbers. Well, and, and it's, it's, it's a weird thing because we look at how much, you know, the Canadian teams have struggled, how passionate the fans are, and yet they haven't had the success to root for. But it's not like it, – it doesn't make sense. It's not like you could say, well, Canadian hockey is down – because every American team is filled with Canadian players. It's just those franchises for whatever reason. How can reason. that be for this long? I mean, look at the Knights. This is easy. Nothing's easy. Well, I meant the expansion <laughs> draft. But it's gotta be it's gotta be frustrating for all of the Canadian fans of different, you know, Canadian teams, not the Montreal team, but uh and, and the Montreal team included, but to look at the Golden Knights and go, what the right? <laughs> Like, they made a Stanley Cup in year one. They may have the, the first, second, third best team this year. Why have we as a collective group had such a drought? Well, I, I, number one, I, th I think that one of the reasons is you bring up a good point. There are a lot of Canadians spread out through the league. It just comes down to the organization. They're not run very well, right? Or they would be winning. 
Yeah. Same thing in any other sport. I mean, it's not like Toronto doesn't operate like a big market team. They do. Well, they did, especially with Tavares. But, I mean, if you want to – is it possible that they have a hard time attracting free agents because of taxes? Maybe. Maybe they haven't been able to get all the players that they've wanted over the years. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but it is – I think it is mostly just, um, you know, not not re- very well-run organizations. Maybe uh, places like Toronto that just kind of expect, like, hey, we're going to have a winning team. That doesn't always happen. You don't, not just you don't just put on a Maple Leaf uniform and you're a winning team. And by the way, they've had success as a team, but not the ultimate success, not playoff success in a long, long time. So they're kind of fooling themselves to just like rest on their laurels as a as an organization. So when we talk about free agents, clearly this offseason, New England was an attractive place, right? I mean, they had money, so that helped. But they spent a lot of money. They got some pretty good players. I think Kraft has something to do with that. He's a quality owner. I think he's a player's guy. My God, it was his 80th birthday. I guess it was yesterday. Did you see what he got? See what his friends left him in the driveway? His friends? Well, his I mean, friends, Meek Mill and Jay-Z. Meek Mill, <laughs> Jay-Z. Uh, who's the owner of the uh, the Sixers? The, uh, Jacobs? What's his? Uh, Ruben. Yeah. Ruben, right? Mark Ruben? Michael Rubin, yeah, Michael Rubin. Michael Rubin was a big part of the uh, charitable effort yeah. uh, during COVID times. Michael Rubin. So, yeah, Meek Mill, Jay-Z, and Michael Rubin got him, I guess, some really hard Bentley to find, the, the color and everything. And and the funny thing with Kraft, like, all jokes aside, we know he's a robust guy from the experience in Florida. Um, <laughs> but he, like, he walks out and he's he, like, he looks like he's 100 years old and he's just like, uh, you're like, He's amazed that they got him this Bentley. I'm like, how rich is everyone? And then what, what caught what caught my eye, John, was the fact that he's in his Hamptons mansion mm-hmm. that is worth forty three million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, how much money these some of these guys have? I mean, it really is. And yeah, I mean, what are you going to get a guy? I mean, I'm sure. Some, right. so- <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna get a guy? I mean, they got him a puppy. I mean, and a Bentley. At some at somewhere along the line, he must he must have uh, mentioned a Bentley to someone, right? I think. I mean, they, how do you I, just come up with a Bentley? No, I think they had talked about it that this was some like really he was. He, I guess he's been looking for this. It was hard to get, uh, but yeah, it was Ari Emanuel and his fiance got him the puppy, and then Meek Mill, Jay Z, and Ruben uh, got him the uh, the Bentley. And by the way, Ruben lives next door or like right down the road. He just bought. A uh, Hampton Mansion for fifty million. Oh, one up to. And he's and he ain't eighty. That's I mean, Kraft is one thing. He's amassed a lot of fortune. He's an old guy. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Think and Michael I know you're from back east. How many times you been in the Hamptons? I have never. You know what? I've never been there. Me neither. What, so you want to explain to people like what what Central New Jersey is like to Long Island may as well be like us here to San Francisco. Yeah. Like it. It. It's not that. It's not that far. But it seems like another country. And I, I don't. I never came from Hamptons. Money. I wasn't friends. I never with even cared about really going there. Honestly, where we grew up, I mean, I, I wouldn't change that for anything. I mean, it was it's beautiful, but you can't even put it on the same level ever in anything. No, no house, no, anything. No. So I actually looking at it now, hearing about these prices, I would. I'd actually. I, I'm kind of a real estate nerd. I would. I'd be interested in going on like a tour of houses just to see what it looks yeah. like. I mean, some of the, I just saw uh, another one's going on sale for it's like sixty nine million dollars. It's like who has all this? In the Hamptons, money? that's like two thousand square feet. 
three right? bedrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. They're a little bigger than that. <laughs> These are freaking palaces. Uh, 877-700-NOVA is the number as we're uh, hanging out here with uh, John from Nova Home Loans. Now, you, you see different areas, right? Like, hey, rich guy, $43 million mansion in the Hamptons. You can get something really nice here. It's not $43 million. What is the summit? Because apparently everyone's buying up there. And I guess, you know, uh, as we'll start calling them now, uh, Money Mark Davis uh, is ready to close on a $5.3 million house in the summit. You know, I don't, I don't know much about it. But that being said, the highest condo sale just happened recently at the Martin. It was like $16.5 million. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Which is that's a good view there. It was it was listed for eighteen million, and he wow. sold. Listen, that's a pretty good deal. They got it for sixteen five. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good way to put it. I, I I mean, think about that. I mean, a sixteen million. It's a beautiful condo. I mean, it's uh, it's real spread out. It's kind of looks like industrial kind of uh, place. Do you know was, but, was that a? Do you know if that was an original unit or somebody bought multiple and made it into one? I think that was an original unit. Wow. Okay. Whew. But they redid a lot of stuff in there. But uh, again, I mean, nothing against uh, Mark Davis, but 5.3, he should have stepped up and maybe got to 16.5, right? Come on, Mark, get it together. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess the summit is on the end of uh, of Tropicana, kind of where Tropicana turns to town center and then goes by, what, R.T. Willie. I think if you just keep going west, that's yeah. the summit. So yeah. and it's nice clearly I'm confused because I'm like, I don't know what's out there. I'm not even going to look. That's, yeah. a, that's a different Isn't strategy. that like your old neighborhood? It's pretty close, actually. Yeah. That's a sad thing. <laughs> well, I lived, as I always put it, in East Summerlin, uh, generally about two Well, yours was only $2 million, right? I mean, okay. close. Went close. up in price a little bit. Yeah, well, that was uh, the summit's also the area. I think uh, it was rumored that Brady had yeah. bought something. I think it was part of an investment group. I think, yeah, I think he's a, a part of an investment group that purchased a property yeah. there. And then everybody started freaking out saying he's moving to Las Vegas, but he actually owns like 37 houses all over, all over the country. So one of the things I like when we we do the spot, because, you know, a lot of the real estate stuff out there will be the, the high end stuff. And you find out some people like they have money. You didn't realize they have money. Right. Sugar Ray Leonard selling something in the Pacific Palisades for like forty five million dollars. Good for Sugar Ray. How many boxers? Right. Just got destroyed. And hey, Sugar Ray was a megastar. Yeah. Uh, outside of boxing. How about this one? How about this one? Jan Brady, Eve Plum. Has a condo on the market in New York City for one point eight million. She just bought it in 2017. So those residuals, pretty good. Uh, what does Marsha have? Yeah, you don't what, hear too much about Marsha anymore. Nah, nah. What else has What else has Jan done? I don't know if she's done anything. She must have got a good job, or um, she's sixty three. Yeah, she bought this one in two thousand sixteen for one point five eight million dollars, Lenox Hill neighborhood, uh, east side of Manhattan. Uh, I like the way it's put, though, uh, spanning twelve hundred twenty five square feet, uh, and they call it a uh, modest home. It's a modest home. For one now in the market for one point eight million. Well, in New York, yeah, it is. I'm actually she got uh, that much money for it. To be honest with you, what is master bathroom with heated floors? That's nice. Oh, nice. Anyone want to look up a what is a Toto rain shower head? <laughs> that might be worth like five hundred thousand by itself. I'm in for rain showers no matter what. Toto, a tri- I'm sorry, a triple Toto rain shower head. Has she done anything else besides the Brady Bunch I ever? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you, I think it's all you, the money. I think it's all the money off the Brady Bunch. Steve, we count I mean, on you. They're still for... playing the Brady Bunch, aren't they? Of course. Where? Kind of be someone. No, I mean, yes, I, you can. I, you no, can I find saw. it on like a streaming service somewhere or something. There's no. Uh, maybe there is that weird channel. I know there's a weird channel that you can find, like if you have an antenna, and just uh, like cozy. And they just play like all sorts of old shows. Well, I grew Maybe up with the Brady Bunch, so yes. I mean, you, I'm sure you never watched an episode. So. I've seen. Well, I saw the the somebody got hit with a football. That was that was Marsha. 
Okay. Remember her getting hit in the nose? Yeah, yeah she broke okay. her that, nose. Okay. I've seen that before. Remember when Don Drysdale was, was it? Uh, the oldest one was sleeping with the mom. Well, was that. rumors wasn't part of the wasn't Greg, part of the uh, script. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was off air. That wasn't an episode. And I, you know what? I've seen. I, I just looked. They up, weren't blood relatives. I just looked up uh, IMDb and what Jan's been doing. She's done a lot of stuff uh, since the Brady Bunch. She was in Breast Men. I don't remember her role in that. She definitely wasn't topless. Uh, Law and, she, she was in Law and Order in 2013. She was in Grease Live in 2016. Blue Bloods. She was on Crashing. And most recently in 2020, she was Joan Lawson in Bull. So she's making a little money. Yeah. She, yeah, I didn't know she was doing that much stuff. I mean, you don't for, uh, obviously notice her. She's not going to jump out of the screen when you see her. So No, she looks a little bit different now. Yeah. found a uh, Toto... A rain shower head for two thousand one hundred dollars. Okay, this is serious stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'd put that in the listing as well. <laughs> Not cheap. So, John, I got some questions for you on uh, the Raiders, right? So they revealed a parking plan last week. I was driving down there, and you know, I was looking around, and they got some lots that they bought, kind of placed here and there, and I think they're going to try to buy more. I would assume some other stuff is going to be scooped up down there for hotels and retail and food and bars and that Polaris kind of Valley View. Uh, what is it, Hacienda up to Russell area? How does that even work? From like from a commercial real estate standpoint, like can I just look up commercial real estate? I'm like, hey, this guy's got one, you know, that's probably worth, you know, 1.3 million, but because the Raiders are there, it's worth 5.3. Like, how do you actually find out? Like, I I'm not saying I want to buy it. I you wish I you could. would have to go to a commercial broker to see what's listed, uh, if it is right. And I think you mentioned. And then what do you do? And then you find out how much it is and make an offer. But after yeah. that, do you start knocking on doors? Like, I wonder have have people just canvassed down there and they're like, hey, what do you want for this? Oh, I'm sure they have. I mean, who who wouldn't? I mean, if you have money to spend and you're doing anything in retail, that's a great spot because you're going to have the overflow from uh, from the games, from concerts and everything else. Makes sense. Do you envision – what do you think – I mean, this is a guess. What do you think the timeline will be? Is it 10 years? Is it three years? Is it five years that we're going to see, like, a ton of retail, like, redevelopment right on Polaris, right across from the stadium? I would say five years. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that is uh, – um, number one, there's a lot more people moving to town now, obviously yeah. from other states, because we were talking about the uh, no state income tax and whatnot, which helps out quite a bit. But you guys got to understand, like everything's going to blow up even more so than it is now is because 33 years ago, we had some of the highest birth rates ever. So now 33 years old is when new household formations start. I'm telling you, everything's going to expand and everybody wow. uh, that is in that age group and, and beyond like 33 to 40 years old, they're going to want to see things around the stadium and more retail uh, and things like that. So it's going to be good for quite some time. And I'd say over the next five, 10 years, it's going to be awesome, both commercial and residential. Well, if it wasn't uh, restricted by the airport, I'm sure the <laughs> Flint family would be in to build like a, you know, 85 story hotel right next to the Hustler Club. Yeah. Right. There's, and there's, there's going to be more hotels down there, too. Oh, yeah. There's already a couple. Yeah, there's a block yeah, of about five and, of them there. I'm sure that those hotels probably wish they had put more rooms in when they built oh them like God. four years ago. Right? <laughs> like they yeah. built them right before the stadium was announced, basically. What a piece of property. Yeah, All right, John, so what's going point. on with uh, Nova Home Loans the last week or so in terms of the mortgage tune-ups and the rates? And Well, rates are still pretty good. Obviously, they're trending down uh, again a little bit. The 10-year T-note has been went from like mid-165 down to 1.53 today. So uh, rates are holding study. Uh, the one thing I would like to say is like uh, we, we did a military appreciation month in May where we waived the uh, $1,299 processing and underwriting fee. It went so well and we owe our vets a lot, guys, uh, especially here in a, in a 
you know, basically a, a base town, uh, a military base town. Uh, we waived our $1299 on all VA loans, whether it's a purchase or a refi, forever. We will no longer oh, okay. we will no longer ever charge a processing and underwriting fee uh, for VAs. I like loans. that. I was saying it was uh, just for 2021. Now it's forever. For for which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Honestly, we owe a lot to vets and uh, and Nova Home Loans are big on charities. But man, this is directly going back into their pocket. That's a lot of money because there's other companies that from processing and underwriting fees charge 15, 1500 to 2000. So for us to waive it completely is a big deal. Love it. 877-700-NOVA. It's 877-700-NOVA. Good spot, John. No worries. I appreciate you having me. And Dustin, I'm sure, is fly fishing somewhere in Jackson Hole. So Boy, a little jealous. Go, that'll, go over, for it. that'll go over well with us next week. We're big uh, fishermen. Yeah. Is that what it's called? I have no idea. <laughs> He's a fisherman. Again, like you grew I, up in the desert. I grew up. Uh, I grew up near you on the Jersey Shore, and uh, everyone else in the family fished. They freaking they were crabbing. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> I did quite a bit of that, but Dustin, he grew up in the desert. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear the horror stories where he hooked himself with a, with a hook. <laughs> Trust us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at five seven seven two six zero zero to learn how to purchase a home with twenty thousand dollars in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now five seven seven twenty six hundred.